Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 10, Paul Bunyan's Pets, Part 4. Paul ordered Ollie, the smith, to make for him an auger, a tremendous big boring bit of a queer stubby design. When at last the new auger was completed, Paul carried it out to the summit of the high sand hill near camp, leading the whirling wumpus shambling along behind him. Most of the men of the camp had learned that something interesting was about to take place, and they crowded about at a safe distance to see what was going on. They watched Paul place the new auger in a slight depression in the ground, so that the point was firmly started downwards. They grinned expectantly when he next induced the wumpus to place his hind feet upon special foot rests that had been prepared and quickly and firmly lashed the beast to the auger bit. Then, with some apprehension as to the dependability of the bonds that held the animal, they quickly withdrew beyond range of the wumpus' long arms and watched the creature's frantic struggles to release itself. Unable to free himself, the beast began to howl with rage, and he kept growing angrier and angrier until there seemed no bounds for his outburst. Then, all at once, he thrust his long arms out sideways and began to whirl. Faster and faster he went, and faster and faster did his whirling make the sharp auger bit at his feet drive down into the earth, so that within a moment or two the terrible creature had disappeared entirely. All that was left was a great gaping round hole straight down into the ground from the top of the hill, and from which there poured a stream of fresh dirt and sand like ashes from a volcano. Yumpin' Yiminy yelled at the big Swede in an excess of emotion. He bane gone clean through to Chiny, sure. And indeed, the Swede may have been right. For a while, the new well which the whirling wimpus had bored was filled with water and furnished the camp with all that was needed. The well was so deep that it took all day for the buckets to fall to the water and a week to haul them up again and it was so broad that hundreds of buckets could be run at once without getting in the way of one another. It was not very long, however, until the water in the new well began to fail, and finally it disappeared altogether. Everyone figured that the wimpus had just kept right on boring his way through the earth until he finally pushed himself out feet first into China on the other side of the world and that the water from the well flowed out in the same direction. Of course, after it went dry, the well was abandoned, 
and no further care was taken of it. As the years went by, the soil and sand blew away from around it, so that today there is about a hundred and fifty feet of it sticking up into the air, making a striking landmark. It was after his well proved a failure that Paul Bunyan made Lake Superior as a watering place for the great blue ox, and from that time on, the big animal always had all he wanted to drink. Actual proof of Babe's size can be had just by looking at Lake Superior, for though the great blue ox is no longer in existence, the lake still is. Paul was rather proud of this piece of work, and it is said that always afterward he wore as a watch charm the shovel with which he had dug the lake. Water from the camp was also carried from Lake Superior, after Paul completed it, for no place else could the little chore boy find water deep enough for him to dip the camp bucket in it. As his bucket was always leaking, the water he lost ran together in the hollows of the ground and made most of the 10,000 lakes that today lie in northern Minnesota between Lake Superior and the Red River. The Mississippi River is also said to have risen from this same source, proof of which can be had just by visiting St. Paul or Minneapolis, past which the river may be seen running even today. The little chore boy carried all the water used in camp, and he went back and forth several times each day. He became greatly disgusted with his leaky bucket, but he never got a new one to replace it until after his amusing experience with the big wind. He was going back to camp with a bucket full of water when the big wind came up and it blew so hard that it was all he could do to keep from being blown away. He kept on his feet, however, and kept tight hold on his bucket of water, so that finally he made his way safely back to camp. It was not until he started to pour the water he had brought into the tea kettle, though, that he found out what a remarkable feat he had performed. He had carried the water into camp without spilling a drop of it, in spite of the fact that the big wind had blown so hard that it had blown away every one of the weakened staves of the old bucket from around its contents. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.